Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. This is a Pewter post-game show. I was about to say game day show, but we did that earlier. And we are recapping a second straight victory for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was, for all intents and purposes, a wacky game. But wacky games are just what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. So wacky is quite normal uh, around these parts. And it was a game where I would say it was 55 minutes of anger and frustration but then five minutes of entertainment where the Bucs were able to pull off a 29 to 25 win over the Atlanta Falcons which puts the Bucs back into first place in the NFC South we're about to recap all of it I'm your host Matt Matera joined with me is my fellow colleague and the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com SR Scott Reynolds Scott I don't think this is how if we were going to predict the Bucs win how we would have drew it up but it got the job done. It did get the job done. And uh, it, it's just kind of crazy how how this team just retook the lead today in the NFC South. I mean, Todd Bowles is one win, um, you know, uh, or I should say one loss away from possibly us talking about a head coaching change next year. And yet he lives to fight another day. So do the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, all three teams in the NFC South, by virtue of the Saints winning and the Buccaneers winning and the Falcons losing, all at six and seven now. If this sounds familiar, folks, it's because it is. There wasn't <laughs> a team over five hundred or at five hundred last year uh, to finish the the um, the twenty twenty two season. Actually, you can't finish at five hundred because of the seventeen games. But all of the teams had losing records, including your Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the division at eight and nine. And lo and behold, they're leading the division once again with a below 500 record in probably one of the worst divisions in football. Uh, certainly the worst division in the NFC. But, hey, uh, this, this, this was, was a monumental win for the Buccaneers. They avoid getting swept by the Falcons. Uh, big plays galore uh, by a few players. And yeah. some guys were just about shut out of this whole thing from a playmaking standpoint, notably Mike Evans. But, man, this really was, you know, we had him on the, the feature graphic here, Rashad White. I wrote about him in my Fab Five on Friday, and Rashad White just came to play today. Uh, 102 yards. He had um, um, uh, the 31-yard touchdown catch. Just an incredible performance from him. The Bucks' offense really got going late with the running game. Yes. And it, it, the, the, the key to me was when they started pulling – Luke Edicke, yes! right tackle into Absolutely. the left guard hole um, and, and really started powering Rashad White to some of those, those big runs, Matt. And, and uh, you know, 102 yards, this is the second 100-yard day yep. out of the last three games. And he's really – I mean, he was the offense today. He was. I go clearly because <laughs> Mike Evans wasn't involved at all. And uh, Chris Godwin made some big plays on the final drive. But up until that – I mean, there was a point in this game – where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had combined for three catches for 16 yards in the entire game. And that was like yeah. a, a pretty much before the, the, the last drive. I want to give a shout out to Chase Edmonds as well, because 
Yeah. Uh, we talked about Rashad White. Someone else needs to step up besides Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield Jr. on the defensive side. We'll get to the defense in a little bit. Yeah. But they needed someone else to, to step up. And we talked about maybe Rashad White having a complete game. And the run game turned it on late, especially in that fourth quarter. Up until the fourth quarter, I truly thought Chase Edmonds was the best running back on the Bucks roster uh, in today's game for what he was able to do. He ended up with eight rushes for 40 yards. That's a clip of five yards per rushing attempt. And then Rashad brought it on, uh, like I said, later in the game. But the, the screenplay was the biggest impact that the offense had. I mean, the, the other touchdown that Baker had, let's not forget, they started at the five-yard line because um, Carlton Davis made an awesome, awesome interception that I wish was for a touchdown. Uh, but you got you to gotta give credit. As frustrating as this game was, as much as we want to question a lot of things that Dave Canales did, he stuck with the run game, and the run game really, really – put it over the top for the Bucks at the end. And then K-Dot made the big play when it was needed. And we've talked a lot about in crunch time when the Bucks haven't stepped up and made those big plays, which was super important, especially because I thought Baker Mayfield was downright atrocious today as, as a quarterback. Uh, not hearing you, Scott. Hmm. Can you guys hear Scott? How about now? Is that better? Yep. Got you now. Got you now. Sorry, having some mic problems here. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield throwing the ball today. At, at one point, he <laughs> 27 for 101 yards before that final drive. So just a, a really bad performance. Now, you know, you have to give him credit. Didn't turn the ball over. At the end of the day, that was the difference in this game. It was that safety um, forced by an epic play from Anton Winfield Jr. And um, it just was was a, a tremendous, um, you know, uh, play that that uh, only he can make. Probably should have gone for a touchdown. At the same time, we had Pat O'Connor falling on uh, mm -hmm. falling on the ball, but but making the tackle in the end zone and getting that safety. And between that play. And Desmond Ritter throwing the interception uh, to Carlton Davis. You know, Baker Mayfield didn't turn the ball over. That's probably th that plus the K. Dotton touchdown. It's probably the best thing he did today. But it was enough. It was absolutely enough to, to get this team to win. And, you know, if, if there's some hesitancy in my voice, people, it's because this is a really bad Falcons team that just falconed. Okay. Yeah, and Desmond Ritter no was terrible joking. too. Desmond Ritter was yeah. worse than Baker Mayfield. I mean, he missed a wide open Bijan Robinson um, in the end zone early in yeah. the game that made three made what could have been seven points into three points. Their kicker, Young Way Koo, who's been money all season, just inexplicably missed two field goals, which obviously would have been very important in this game. Desmond Ritter hit some receivers only because they were. So ungodly wide open. Like, it's almost incredible how open they were. The two-point conversion that Drake London scored, I've never seen someone more wide open in my life. It, it truly was incredible how open uh, a lot of these guys were uh, were able to be. Um, Scott's having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties at the moment, so he just hopped out for a quick second. So you're stuck with me. But you know what? If you watch the Peter Game Day show, you're with me the whole time as well. Uh, David Stack says Zion McCollum showed up, showed, uh, showed up today uh, as well. But we got a couple super chats to get to, so let's start with Meets McGee. Thank you for the five dollars super chat, Meets, who says uh, Scott, you were right. If Devin White played this game, it would have been lost. I feel like Scott KJ Britt. I thought he was fine. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think he was like a liability by any means. Right. Um, are they better off with with KJ Britt? And were you surprised that KJ Britt got the start over Servassier Dennis? Yes, I was. I I, I believe that it was going to be Servassier Dennis uh, today getting the start next to Levante David. That that didn't happen. Um, I think Todd Bowles felt more comfortable with KJ Britt. You know, and to Britt's credit, he's a bigger guy, right? I mean, he's you see him. I mean, he's, he's a thumper. He's he is. He's a thumper. And this was a game where they really had to, to shut down the Falcons' run game. They did that. Uh, it's crazy to think that that Atlanta 
did not rush for 100 yards. They had 96 yards on 26 carries, now two touchdowns, right? They had the B. John Robinson touchdown and the Desmond Ritter um, touchdown. But but when you look at at uh, the fact that that the Bucks had 148 yards on the ground, averaging four yards a carry, that's Falcon like number, right? And and um, that, that that was huge for for Tampa Bay today to be able to shut down this game. I think a lot of people thought with no Vita Vea, the Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier were going to run wild. That wasn't really the case today. I think Tampa Bay did a really good job of getting hats to the ball. And you know what? When you have four offensive linemen out of the game for the Atlanta Falcons, that plays a role in it. So it wasn't just Tampa Bay. It wasn't just KJ Britt. He did a, he did a very good job, right, in the circumstances. Dropped an interception. They maybe Servasia and Dennis catches. But, but uh, yeah, a credible performance uh, from, from uh, Britt. But you'd like to think, Matt, with without their starting two defensive tackles and with four out of their five offensive linemen missing in action, uh, and Chris Lindstrom was in and out of the lineup, their Pro Bowl right guard with the ankle injury, that, that the Buccaneers should have, I would say, blown this team out. But it, it shouldn't have been that close. I mean, they had a nine-point lead yeah. in the game that they ended up losing and, the- and had to come from behind to, to win the game. Yeah, the, the pass rush was not – felt at all in this game and they did have three sacks obviously the Antoine Winfield Jr. strip sack which we talked yeah. about Greg Gaines had one where it looked like Desmond Ritter was about to take off and run yeah and uh Gaines was able to make the stop and uh who had the last one I just saw Kalijah Kansi had Kansi, one as well yeah. in, a, in a very similar situation where like Ritter looked like he was gonna run and Kansi got the stop yeah the uh, important note though is one I believe all three of those happened in the first half so in crunch time the Bucks. Did not get any pressure around Desmond Ritter. Right. Secondly, Bucks only had three quarterback hits in that game, and they came from Antoine Winfield Jr., Greg Gaines, and Kalijah Kansi. So that means the only time that they hit or disrupted Desmond Ritter was on those sacks. They did not right. hit him on any other time in any other moment. There was quite simply no pass rush. There was nothing going on. I thought there were a couple of uh, – illegal block in the back penalties that were not called like Shaq Barrett, I think got jobbed on one where he absolutely yeah. got pushed in the back and it was not called Logan Hall thought he drew a uh, holding penalty that they did not call the refs very odd game for the refs because in total, they didn't really throw a ton of flags, which right. I'm quite happy about. I'm, I'm yeah. average, just let the boys play. Sure. But at the same time, they inexplicably threw a pass interference penalty on Zion McCollum, who I thought had a great game yeah. at corner today. He really did. Yeah, you look at, at a Zion play where like he barely touched the wide receiver and they called a pass interference penalty on him. Yeah, so, very ticky tack call. Yeah. Nine tackles for Zion, led the team, had two pass breakups, loading a, a nice one to Scotty Miller down the field. Speed and, versus speed, just very fun yeah. to watch from an objective, like just NFL viewing standpoint. No doubt. Fun. Had a forced fumble as well, so a very good game for Zion McCollum. I thought Carlton Davis had a little bit of ups and downs, had the interception, but then had a illegal hands to the face. On the, in, that, on the Winfield. That wiped out Winfield's field. pick, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got the super chat from Eric Moreno. Thank you very much, Eric, for the $5 super chat. You're always in the comments. You're always super chatting us as well, so we really appreciate you, man. See you on uh, X as well. Uh, said, you surprised Vita didn't play today, so I think he'll play next week. Hopefully, Carlton is okay. Maybe Dean back next week. They didn't put him on injured reserve, so maybe. To be honest, I don't think the loss of Jamel Dean hurts that much or you know, when, when Carlton's been out too because Zion McCollum has played so well. And to for Vita Vea, his injury has to be pretty, pretty brutal because, again, yeah. this was – a playoff game. This was the biggest game of the season for the Bucs. Exactly. The fact that Vita Vea, who as great as Kalasha can see, is Vita Vea is still the top dog when it comes yeah. to the interior de- defensive line. The fact that he wasn't able to play, and he's played through a number of injuries this season. All the guys do. There, you know, there's no questioning that. Um, but for Vita, you know, he's been on the injury report for a number of different things this season, including like a pec injury, stuff like that. So yeah. the fact that he wasn't able to go. Um, you know, hopefully he's ready for next week, but that, that definitely stood out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I thought Kalaja Kansi got abused a little bit in the run game, but also had some, some flashes had, you know, I think it was an okay game for him. Uh, Greg Gaines stepped up. I thought that he, he played pretty well. Uh, but again, I think the linebackers did a good job 
the tackling today I thought was was pretty good across the board, right? I didn't see yeah. a lot of missed tackles. I know there was the one Bijan Robinson play. JTS. Yeah, well, yeah, boy, JTS, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was a big one. That one and the D Delaney tackle uh, attempt were were blown. But I, I thought that everybody uh, else defensively did a pretty good job of of not allowing a lot of yards after catch. And they um, got it done at the end on the Drake London catch of the exactly. last play of the game. <laughs> like that would have been disastrous yeah. if uh, if that reared its ugly head. If you're Desmond Ritter, how do you not get that ball to the end zone though? You know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious if like was that. I don't know. Was that by design? Because London wasn't in the end zone. I don't think London like ran five yards up to make the catch. Well, right. I, I guess what I'm saying though is, is, is he, he needs to to let when it happened. But yeah, like, he needs to to let caught it and immediately got tackled. Right. Like, he would have to, to run forward. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like he's he's got to throw that ball into the end zone with some air and allow uh, allow yeah. a hail mary to, to happen. Right. I mean, if you get tackled before. The end zone game's over. That's exactly what happened. So, did he not watch the Black Friday game between the Jets and the Dolphins? Exactly. I took it hundred yards the uh, the other way. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to these super chats. Shout out to LDBC's most wanted. Thanks for the dollar ninety nine super chat. Who says we have multiple Pro Bowlers, but where's McLaughlin? Chase McLaughlin has been fantastic this season. Yeah, he's like, money, obviously man. he doesn't get a ton of shine because when the team. Was this their sixth win of the season? When you yeah. only win six games in going into December, you're not going to highlight your kicker too much. Right. I think his only missed kicks this season have been blocked, so that's not really on him Yeah, too much. He's been fantastic. He's hitting from extremely far out, which is why they brought him in here, because Ryan Suckup is very accurate but not good from, you know, 45-plus. Right. McLaughlin has – I mean, everyone loves Jake Camarda, Josh Capo. Is obsessed with Jake Marder, but Chase McLaughlin's kind of been the best special teams guy this season. Yeah, I mean he's he's missed what two kicks this year. Both of them were blocked. Yeah, I mean he has not had a true miss, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. I mean that that's that's incredible. I mean that, that's better than Ryan Suckup. Like I, I thought, you know Ryan Suckup was was just amazing kicker, and he was in 2020. He was yeah. phenomenal. But I mean Chase McLaughlin is is otherworldly with what he's doing. Right now, with the uh, field goals, let me let me get some fresh statistics here for Chase McLaughlin, and give him the praise that he certainly Quite deserves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's now he's kicked. Um, where are his stats here? here we, oh, here we go. So he is nineteen of twenty-one. He's connecting on ninety point five percent of his field goals. Uh, he's only missed. Two, he's missed one from from between forty and forty nine, and then one from beyond fifty. And uh, he's he's had a, a, a career long of fifty seven, uh, which w- he's tied. He had a fifty seven yarder back in Cleveland in twenty twenty one. So yeah, I mean ninety point five percent. That's that's amazing. He's again nineteen of twenty one, and, and you know just as important, he's twenty two of twenty two in extra points. Right, he has not missed an extra point. And extra yeah. points aren't no, what they very- used to be. Very important. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not gimmies anymore. Yeah. So he certainly had um, he's having a, a great season so far. Um, he deserves some Pro Bowl recognition for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and both missed kicks were were blocked as well. So sometimes that's on the kicker with like a low trajectory. But yeah, but um, you know, listen, he's he's just been phenomenal. Um, th- this this was a weird game though, right? Because very weird <laughs> because the the offense. Uh, by and large, stunk. Now it's crazy Terrible. to think they put up 29 points, which that's that's like 10 points beyond their their average. So yeah. you have to give them credit <laughs> for that, including the the game winning touchdown. Uh, but man, some just some questionable play calls, right? I just I think some some blown opportunities, um, misusing timeouts in the first half, and I, I, I don't know. This this game is so hard to kind of like make sense of. They won the game, and you want to feel good about it, but you feel like it's not going to last long. So it's almost a bit of a mirage, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah, not trying yeah, to be yeah, a yeah. Debbie Downer, Matt, and Peter people. I'm not. But Baker Mayfield was 14 of 29 for 144 yards, two touchdowns. Again, uh, the, the one touchdown was was a screen pass that honestly, Aaron Stinney. Rashad White and Cody Malkett, more credit. Yeah, for that like Kyle Trask can make that throw. John Wolford can make that throw. Exactly. Like, really you could make that throw, man. Yeah, you, yeah, you and I can make that throw. Well, I'm a lefty, so I'd have, 
change things a little bit, but yes. Yeah. But I, I mean, it, you're right. It was it was Rashad White and Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chris Godwin had a 32 yard catch down the sidelines at the very end. That was a clutch catch. But on 11 targets, he had five catches for 53 yards and had a couple drops again yeah. for a second week in a row. Mike Evans had six targets, one catch for eight yards. And the, the Falcons did a great job taking away Mike with some bracket coverage, some uh, over-the-top coverage. They played a lot of cover, too, a ton of cover, too. And I thought Baker was very uh, – and, and typically it was Jesse Bates rolling to his to Mike's side. And you have to almost credit Baker for not wanting to force things into Mike just to feed Mike because of the threat of Jesse Bates, who has five interceptions this season. Yeah. So you really have to kind of play the, you know, both sides of it. It's like, you know, you, you want Mike to get some catches because he's your, your best playmaker at the same time, Jesse Bates is their best playmaker. So you don't yes. want to risk interceptions, just trying to feed Mike in the end, it worked out, but this, this Falcons team, man, I mean, they're just, they're not that good. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, lost- the Bucks aren't that good either. They, they had lost three in a row before they went on their winning streak. And they lost to bad teams as well, or a team that yeah. just got their quarterback that week. So, yeah, I mean, the whole NFC South stinks. So, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, the Bucks won. How? Well, the Falcons stink. And if the Falcons would have won, it's like, how the hell did the Falcons? Well, the Bucks are a bad football team. Yeah. Well. And, yeah, it makes it very, very difficult to kind of determine how this Bucks offense was. I mean, Dave Canales still running the ball with like 35 seconds to go. It's like, are you playing for the tie right now? Right. You have a chance to win. Like I didn't understand that. Todd Bowles did say that with the coverage, as you were just talking about, Scott, with the coverage, they were essentially begging the bucks to run the ball. So they did, but I worry, I worry that canals will fall into this trap or this thought process of, Oh, well, they're doubling Mike, so he's just done right. for the game. We're just yeah. not going to get him involved. And I think that's BS, Scott. I truly I agree. BS. Like, I get it. Some games, you are going to double-team him, and you're just physically not going to allow him to get the football. But that can't be the case every single week. Oh, they're double-teaming him. They're, they're bracketing him. He's done. We're out. We're going to have to find it with someone else. Because yep. the Bucks don't have the horses in the barn to, to do that with this team. Sure, Godwin, who clearly does not look 100% with some of the mistakes he's made. You have to find ways to get Mike the ball. I really don't care. It could be a screen. It could be a simple slant or anything like that. I really don't think there's an excuse for Mike Evans, the greatest offensive player in Bucks history. Only Jerry Rice has more consecutive seasons. That's right. House of yards. Like, you're telling me you can't get that guy the football? Come I know. On. Yeah, it's 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 not good. And and I mean, let's keep in mind this team had a two point lead at halftime and they had eighty five yards of offense and they finished with less than three hundred. So yeah. again, it's it's like the defense gets so much credit for this win by holding the Falcons to under a hundred yards rushing and getting those takeaways, including the the safety, which uh, was not really a takeaway per se, but it was was on a fumble from Anton Winfield Jr. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned. I mean, this team is is not going to beat a team in the playoffs in no, the first no, round. No, they're going to whoever wins is going to get just not. boat raced, boat raced by either whoever wins tonight. The the losing team, yeah, uh, between the Eagles and Cowboys will play the Bucs or the Falcons yeah. or the Saints. Now, listen, I, I don't want I don't want the pewter people to get me wrong. It's like I, I'm I'm not wanting the Buccaneers to lose for your sake. I hope the Buccaneers went out and, and, and all that, but, but they've got to play better. I mean, they've got to play better. That's what I want them to, to see happen is I want, I want to see this, this offense really start to click where it can run the ball and pass the ball whenever it wants to. Right. And, and have, you know, plenty of options and plenty of answers for different coverages. And it just seemed like the Falcons were sitting in cover two where are the two beaters, right? Where where are the passing plays that are the two beaters that Dave Canales comes up with? It's like, yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was like like uh, every series was, okay, let's try to get into a manageable third down rather than, hey, let's just skip third down altogether, Matt. Let's just throw the yeah. ball for 12 <laughs> yards on first down and go from first down to first down. It, it, it's like it's like Canales didn't understand that that, that, that you can do that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Andy Reid doesn't want to see third down. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they don't want to see third down. Especially now because they're down 14-0. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, Mike McDaniels doesn't want to see third down in Miami, right? I mean – you need chunk plays. They don't have to be 40-yard passes. Yeah. But, I mean, how about a 14-yard pass, right? Move the sticks. And it just seems like, okay, let's run the ball. Ooh, four yards, second and six. Run the ball again. Okay, third and three. Yeah, and yeah, Scott, it, to, your, to your point, like – A little maddening. The, the Falcons playing cover two, a little similar of when the Bucs in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs played cover two, and they didn't want to allow the big play because guys like Tyreek Hill. But you know why that defense worked? was because JPP and Shaq Barrett were all over Patrick Mahomes the entire game because they had a pass rush. The Falcons, they got to Baker here and there, but by and large part, Bucks offensive line did a really good job pass protecting for Baker Mayfield. So yes. Baker had the time, and yet guys still weren't getting open because there was a point in this game where I was like, is Baker playing bad or is he just like no one's open, so there's nothing else he can do besides like scramble? Because I think to a degree – at least in the first half of the game, that was going on. Guys just weren't open. Then in the second half, yeah. Baker just really had poor throws. There was one that Chris Godwin where, yeah. like, not even Shaq oh, yeah. could have jumped up and made it. It was threw it so high. Yeah, it, it was it was back to back bad throws. One to Mike Evans on the left side of the yes. field, and one and to, to Chris so on the right. Yeah, he looked so dejected, and I don't know if it was because, like, he kind of dove. So I don't know if he got banged up a little bit, or if he was just like, damn, like Baker is. Uh, Really sucking today, but like either way, yeah. Mike just looked uh, extremely dejected. And you know, there's only so many things that could really put you in a good mood if if you are feeling dejected. I know for me, if I want to boost my mood, I have a Celsius energy drink. Yes, amen to that. Sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Check out the Cosmic Vibe, which is their newest flavor. The Oasis Vibe is also a uh, fairly new. Um, Drink as well over at Celsius. They got so many awesome flavors. The sparkling orange, uh, the strawberry kai, sparkling uh, wild berry, Fuji apple pear. I love the strawberry lemonade as well. So, so many great flavors is really what I'm trying to tell you. And if you want to know where to find a uh, Celsius, or maybe you're like in a new area on vacation and, and you want to pick one up, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it will tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be at a Walmart, a health and fitness store, 7-Eleven, Target, or could be at your bodega. Bodega. And once you go you go to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want more, you can get it in bulk by going over to uh, Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save. I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life and there's so many awesome flavors that you have over at Celsius. Um, you could have a sense to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. You're the captain. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Uh, i got a couple more Super Chats to get to, so let's keep it rolling. Starting with Tusk the Third. Thank you for the $4.99 Super Chat who says, Hate almost rooting for a loss. Worried the Bucks do just enough to not make the necessary moves in the offseason, parentheses, balls gone, and new quarterback. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for the comment. I will say, I'm curious, Scott, if this happened to you as well. It did cross my mind when the Bucks scored with the yeah. 31 seconds on the touchdown to Kate Odden. Yeah. I did think, like, well, they could blow it. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> yes. happened against the Texans. I know Desmond yep. Ritter isn't C.J. Stroud, but uh, right. that did cross my mind. I'm, I'm curious if any other it, it crossed my mind too. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, it, it crossed my mind, and yeah, you know, and and it's um, um, it shouldn't, right? 
if this was a good team, you, you wouldn't be thinking that, right? You just yeah. wouldn't. But but here we are. And again, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. This was this was a, a, a much needed win for the Buccaneers, for Todd Bowles, for this team, for their playoff hopes. It's always good to beat a division rival. Like I, I'm right there with you. At the same time, this team is still six and seven. Now, can they get some momentum here? I mean, they, yeah. they've won back to back games now, hey, if right? They, if they beat the Packers, if they beat the Packers, if they beat the Packers, but they beat the Packers, I'm with you. that's momentum. That's three wins in yes. a row. And that's a big time win against a team that's been playing well up until uh, we'll see how they play tomorrow, but a team that's been playing well. And then not only are you in the, the NFC South race, you're also in the, the wild card race as well. If that doesn't work out. That's right. Division. I uh, got a super chat from Meets McGee. Thanks, Meets McGee, for the $2 super chat. Uh, would you mind a Justin Fields and Munkin tandem? I would oh, like wow. Munkin. I don't know about Justin Fields. I mean, they just won today, so the Bears yeah. <laughs> the Bears might uh, be holding on to him. I would rather try my luck with, like, a new rookie quarterback than a guy that uh, you're trying to re-salvage his career, which kind of like yeah. what the Bucks are doing right now with, uh, with Baker. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Matt. I, I think a fresh start, you know, is needed. Uh, I'm just not a believer in Justin Fields' ability to really see the field. You know, now Todd Munkin, we'll see. We we really can't we can't talk about Todd Munkin. We got to talk about Todd Bowles because he's still yeah. <laughs> the the head coach for this team, and we'll see how how long that continues. Uh, this this was a much needed win for Todd Bowles today. Absolutely needed this. I still stand by what I've what I've said earlier, which is I think even if this team wins the division, they they probably need to win a home playoff game for him to yep. be assured that he comes back. And, and you have to think too, Matt. It's like the Green Bay game, that's that's up next. Then you've got the Saints, right? And they're they're still alive in the NFC South race. So they're gonna be, you know, going full bore. Same with Jacksonville. Um, so those are three tough games coming up, three really good opponents. Then you end with Carolina, mm -hmm. and that was a team that you barely beat three by three points. So uh, where is this team going to finish record-wise? Uh, are they going to finish with eight wins again? I don't think Bulls returns at all. Are they going to finish with nine wins? Well, is, does nine wins, Matt, does nine and eight get them into the playoffs as that final wild card? Does nine and eight win the division? Okay, it's technically a one-game improvement for Todd Bowles, and then he probably still has to win a playoff game. If they get the 10 wins, all right, now it's a different story, right? If they if they get the 10 wins, and that means winning out, right, to finish 10 and 7, because they're already at 6 and 7 right now. So if they win out, then that might be enough. Uh, to, And we'll see what happens in, in the, the playoff game at home, because at, at 10 and 7, I, the Bucks would win the division. So we'll see, but a lot of football to, to left to be played. They're keeping it interesting, Matt. That's what's fun about this is the intrigue. It's never boring with these Buccaneers, <laughs> whether you want to throw your remote through the television screen um, or you break your TV from jumping up and down because of K-Dotten's touchdown yeah. at the, the last minute. Uh, this this team will they will make it interesting. They 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 keep it interesting. And uh, it's going to come right down to the wire like it did last year, Matt, in this division. I can see a world where just because like the cow, we say the Falcons are going to Falcon, the Bucks are going to Buck. There is a world where, you know, the Cowboys do tend to get embarrassed on national television from time yeah. to time. And they do it in very different ways. Losing to whoever crappy team wins the NFC South in the playoffs. Yeah, that could be an embarrassing Cowboys moment. So, yeah, there is a world where that could happen. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Spider-Man for this 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Spider-Man, who says, you like that? You said you didn't think Baker had what it took to win the game if it came down to the wire. Buck's final drive, Baker got it done. Spider-Man, to your point, th that is true. Baker yep. did get it done in crunch time at the moment. Can he do it in a playoff game, in a Super Bowl? Can he even do it consistently? That I don't necessarily think that he can do. And he was flat out awful up until that yeah. point. So how many times are you going to be in that situation where you're awful, but you still have a chance to win it at the end? I still like my odds betting against Baker Mayfield. But you know what? In this one, 
you're right. So credit to Baker. He sucked all game, yeah. but he didn't give up. He didn't sulk. He just uh, kept pushing forward. So he definitely deserves credit for that. He does deserve credit for it. Um, I, I will say that this is the first time that's happened this year, Matt, right? Where he's led a team when you think yeah, of I those mean, wins, right? It, he did it in the Texans game, but the defense didn't hold True. their end of the floor. Yeah, he should have gotten credit for that. Okay, he's done it a couple times, perhaps, but I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that that he, he's not been the reason for, for seven losses this year. But he hasn't done enough in many of those games. How many wins? To get them wins wins, either. How many is he the reason for why they won? Exactly. I would say maybe one. (laughs) Maybe one. If the Buccaneers have a dominant defense and a dominant ground game, then Baker Mayfield can succeed, right? But they're just not there. Like, this is not a dominant defense. The defense played well today. It played, played very well in stretches. But well enough, I, I think very yeah. well, very well might be, uh, yes, very well in stretches. <laughs> so, yeah. but very well overall, no, not when uh, Drake London has uh 10 catches for 172 yards, right? By, so, by the way, not, not to cut you off, Scott, yeah. but the, the he made an incredible catch on the, the, the oh, yeah. jumping play. Yeah. I'm curious though, just to get your opinion on it, and really the only person that knows this answer is Antoine Winfield Jr. But Antoine like saw the ball and he almost got under it like yeah. a kick returner is getting ready right. to field a, a kick or a punt. I wonder if he just didn't see Drake London at all because I feel like if he saw Drake London, yeah. he would have been like, oh crap, he's going for it too, and I'm gonna jump and yeah, I don't think he saw it. Him down for a pass breakup. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. didn't see Drake London at all. I, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think he saw Drake at all, and uh I think Drake flashed in front of him at the very end and snatched the ball out of his hands. That would have been an interception for sure. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think that he saw Drake London. A, a great play by that young man. Holy smokes. What a what a good yeah. receiver he's Unreal. really turned into be. Yeah, I, I, fantastic play. There, there were Bucks fans, too, that were like, I'm not even mad. That was just a great play. Like, yeah. You know what? You're right. I agree. <laughs> that was just a great play. Um, we got a super chat from our guy, Adam Hamilton. Thank you. We appreciate you for the 1999 Super Chat who says, hey, boys, did we just lose Jaden Daniels? Realistically, what do you think Bowles needs to do to stay in Tampa? Uh, Yay, we won, but this brand isn't fun to watch. Love your commentary during the game, Matt. Y'all are him. Oh, Box. Adam, thank you so much. I mean, uh, I I have a great time when I do the Peter Game Day show. I know not all these games are great, so I try to provide as much entertainment as I possibly can. <laughs> That's so right. when when you say things like that, uh, it really does mean a lot. So thank you for that. Um, to the Jaden Daniels part, yeah, I I think they're out of the Jaden Daniels sweepstakes. I truly think, and obviously winning the Heisman last night helps. Congrats to him. Yeah, uh, I got to see him play live this year, which I, I think is a little cool thing to say that yeah. I saw him live this year when he won the Heisman. And a game the Florida State won, which should have got them to the college football playoff. But I digress. Agreed. Um, I think, and I've said this before, he's going to have the Anthony Richardson effect of, at first you're like, hmm, I don't know, as an NFL product. And then the more and more that we get closer to the combine, the senior bowl, and all that fun stuff, then it's like, oh, wow, like this dude's going to be the third pick of of the draft after uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May in whatever order. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Jane Daniels is going to be in Tampa, not by choice of the Bucks, but by choice of uh, the other teams in front of him, uh, in front of them. Yeah, and I think the thing too is is um, you know, and I put this in the chat. We've got a story up on PeterReport.com where it talks about the the Bucks draft order tumbling. So you can read this in the chat. I'm going to give it away right here. I want you to read the story, but but um, they've fallen now from 10th to 19th. With, with this win. Now you think, how in the world can a 6-7 and seven team pick that late in the draft? But keep in mind, if you make the playoffs, you are automatically kind of like at the back of the line for teams that didn't make the playoffs, right? So remember, the Buccaneers last year, they they had, uh, you know, they, they had an 8-9 and nine record, and there were teams that that picked ahead of the Buccaneers that had better records but they were not in the playoffs. So that yeah. that's what happens is right now Buccaneers have fallen from, from 10 to 19. And you've got the Houston Texans that are now seven and six, the Colts that are now seven and six, and they actually pick ahead of the Buccaneers, but because they're on the outside looking in right now yeah. with, with the way the playoffs are today, 
that's where the Buccaneers are picking right now, 19th. So they, they filled essentially 10, well, nine spots with this win. And we'll see what happens. I mean, if the Buccaneers lose next week at Green Bay and the Falcons and Saints win, I don't think they play each other. Maybe they do. But uh, if, you know, if, if they win, then all of a sudden the Buccaneers are not back uh, in in the NFC South lead. They're they're falling out of that lead, and and as a result, they would probably go much closer to having a top ten pick uh, and have that kind of slingshot effect, if you will. Yeah, and uh, to Adam's last thing about um, Todd Bowles, I think we kind of already outlined it. Um, yeah, win your first playoff game and. <laughs> Bucks fans are gonna get furious because they're gonna because they'll they'll win their wild card game. Yeah. And everyone will be like, no, like this is this is <laughs> like you said, a mirage. This this isn't sustainable. And they'll get waxed by like the 49ers in week uh, the second round or whatever. And uh listen, I want Bucks fans to be happy, but if you can't kind of objectively look at the comedy yeah. <laughs> of it, uh, you know. Maybe you're in the wrong business. Uh, Tyson C, thank you for the 499 super chat. He says, Hey, Matt and Scott, I love the show and all the work you guys do. Thank you so much, Tyson. But am I the only one tired of the coward play calling uh, for a second season? I'm tired of just coward play calling across the league. Everyone's so afraid to, oh, we're going to throw an interception here or uh, we're going to get sacked here and it's going to put us out of field goal range. I think so many people, not just the Bucks, they're so damn worried about what bad can go happen that you don't even think about what is good and what can happen if you try going forward or you try something different. And, uh, yeah, I would like to see that across the league. So I'm with you, Tyson. I'm, I'm tired of coward play calling. Yeah, the thing I'll add, too, is it, the one thing that's nice about Todd Bowles this year is that in instances where – He's on the other side of, of the 50, right? Where he's, he's on the opponent's side mm-hmm. and it's fourth and two and he's not going for it. At least he's sending out a kicker that can make a 56-yard field goal rather than the punter because that's what we saw last year. We saw too much of those situations where analytics tell you to go for it to begin with, okay? So if Todd Bowles is not going to go for it, well, okay, he's not. But at least they're trying to get points out of it and and not punting the ball and seeing if they can pin him inside the 10-yard line, right? So at least there's that. At least we're seeing Chase McLaughlin's leg and him nailing 56 and 55 and 57-yard field goals this year, at least getting points for the Buccaneers. So there is that. It's cowardice, yes, but at least it's cowardice that that ends with three points rather than a punt. So It was funny early in the game. Like you said, the Bucs didn't go for it. They kicked the field goal. Falcons went for it on a fourth down. Granted, it was a fourth and one and not like a fourth and two or three that the Bucs had. Got it and scored a touchdown on that drive. So, anyway. Uh, thank you to Tusk the third again for another super chat. Uh, this one also at 499 says, is there a scenario where two teams can tie for the division lead after 17 games and have to go rock, paper, scissors their way into the dance? It's funny you say that comment because <laughs> it does remind me of um, – Friday Night Lights, the movie, not the TV show, which mm-hmm. is also very good. But the movie, right. they had to do like a coin flip to decide yeah. who gets in. And uh, the NFL, actually, I was about to say the NFL would never allow that. But the NFL loves money and they could easily right. monetize a half an hour show, which they would make into a two hour show yeah. where three coaches do a coin flip. And right. One gets into the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Todd Bowles has the disadvantage because he's 60 years old and he's got arthritis in his thumb. So when he's going to be flipping the coin, right? I'm just, it's like, yeah, there could be some commentary about that. Uh, it it would be funny. And you know what? I, I don't know what, what the ultimate end tiebreaker is. I mean, I know that there's, it goes, you know, from your, your record, your division record, your head to head, your uh, common opponents, right? Um, so I think common opponents is really kind of where, where things get separated. At least that's the case right now, right? The Buccaneers with those wins at Minnesota yeah. and against Tennessee. That's what has Tampa Bay in the, the driver's seat right now for this week against the two teams with, with six and seven records, the Falcons and Saints. So we'll see. But I'm pretty sure it might end in a coin flip if all of those tiebreaker criteria um, are, are not exhausted and 
and it comes down to that. That's you know. One thing where you know you don't have to worry about a tiebreaker or a win or loss or uh, anything like that, where you know either you win or you lose, uh, that's going to be over at Underdog Fantasy, where if you use the promo code Pewter, you can get a uh, – Free money into your bank account by using the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Underdog Fantasy is so much fun to use. Uh, their pickums is really what I hone in on. Uh, you pick at least two players. has to be one from each team. So if you're watching Bucks falcons today, you pick one from the Bucks, one from the Falcons. Maybe if you're watching the Sunday night game tonight and it's Eagles-Cowboys, you pick one from the Eagles, one from the Cowboys. You can pick up to five players and win up to 20 times your money. And you're just picking on a number of stats of either receiving yards for a player or will this quarterback throw an interception, things of that nature. It's so much fun to play. It's even more fun when maybe it's two teams you don't really care about that much, but you just love football and you love watching football. Gives you a little more reason to watch. Um, And they do it for all the different sports and they got a ton of fun uh, in-game tournaments and, and prizes that you can win. They got the rivals as well and the pick them, like I just said. So Go to Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, get a first deposit bonus when you play with Underdog Fantasy, and start winning that money. You watch my show, Pewter Picks and Props, you'd be up a lot of money right now. So uh, check out Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter. We got more Super Chats to get to. We really appreciate you, Pewter people. I know, again, not always easy with this box teams, but you guys still always deliver, so can't thank you enough. And thank you to Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse, with this $10 Super Chat, who says, explain Baker playing better in Los Angeles with weak talent but solid stats, inconsistency, play with the Bucks, a lack of running backs, uh, poor play calling are factors. I acknowledge he needs to improve as well, but let's be fair. Yeah. I, I think I would sum it up, Matt, to say that Baker has not been the reason why the Buccaneers have lost. Yes. But he hasn't been the reason why they've won a lot. I, I think that when you look at it, he's got 20 touchdowns now and eight interceptions. That, that That's a, a favorable two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio, right? It's better than two-to-one. So it, he's played well. He's helped his case when it comes to free agency next year. I just – I don't know that he is – you know, he's not an upper echelon quarterback. You know, is he, is he a, a good starting quarterback? Yes, he is. And I think that you could really win some games with him if you had a, a, a stout, dominant defense yeah, and, and a really consistent running game. And now we're kind of seeing this consistent running game, right? I mean, again, we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashad White was – he was the offense today. And he didn't have his best performance really till the fourth quarter, right, where they got the touchdown – Actually, that might have come in the third, in the third start. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. For the fourth, whatever. But, but at, you know, when you look at, at what he's been able to do these last couple of weeks, and I wrote about it in the SR's Fab Five, 102 yards rushing today, 84 yards rushing last week, 100 yards rushing at Indianapolis. I mean, that's, you know, he's averaging 90 plus yards per game on the ground. And that's a far cry from where he and this, this running game were at the beginning of the year, even the middle of the year, right? And yeah. so the other thing, too, that's impressive is the touchdowns. He has, had a touchdown today. He had a touchdown last week on the ground against the, the Panthers. Didn't score against the, the Colts, but had a, a touchdown against the 49ers, had a touchdown against the Titans, had two touchdowns against the Texans. So he's had two, three, four, five, six touchdowns now in the last one, two, three, four, five, Six games. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's solid performance right there from your running back. And and you know, we'll see if he's gonna end up getting a thousand yards on the season. He still has some work to do, but uh, you know, this the needle's pointing up for Rashad White, and they don't win they don't win the, the game today without him having um kind of a command performance. 
I still think that they should bring in another running back next season. Oh, I agree. But yeah. Definitely do like what I've seen from Rashad White. To answer your question, Paul, I when I look at the question, it is a, it is a great question. We appreciate your support. When I look at this, I think of like not just this season. I think long term because the Bucs want a franchise quarterback that they can have for the next 10 years. Yeah. Let's let's cut it in half and say five years. Is this the quarterback you play that you want for the next five seasons? Yeah. I think the answer is no. It, it's sustainable. And all right, maybe because I pay attention to this team a little bit more. But Baker, to your point, Scott, is playing well into a situation where if he has like the right situation or a perfect situation, yeah. this could work. Where I could see Baker like going to the Jets next season and Aaron Rodgers is the guy, but like if something happens to Rodgers, like it did this season, yeah. Jets fans would go, Oh, you can still do stuff with Baker. You can yeah. still win with Baker. And it's not inept like it is with Zach Wilson right now. Right. And I'm not saying Baker's going to the Jets next season, but there are probably like two or three other teams that might yeah. find themselves in that situation. He's like an upgrade over Josh Dobbs, you know, yeah, and everything no that Josh Dobbs is doing. So, there is room for Baker in the NFL. Now, why did he play so well in that one game for the Rams? There's not tape on him in, in that offense. Yeah. It's crazy, so that's why we're still talking about it because it's so few and far between. I would also counter that with, well, how did Baker look in the rest of the games that he played for the Rams? Because it wasn't yeah. good. So um, it was just such a, a very crazy moment. But for the Bucs, you don't want that for the next five seasons. You're, you'd yeah. rather take a chance with someone else and see if you can improve on that because this is kind of like the best it's going to get with Baker. It's not about winning division titles, Matt, at the end of the day. It's about winning yeah. in the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. right? And I think the Lasers, depending on the outcome this season, they're going to have to look at it and say, is Todd Bowles a Super Bowl caliber head coach? Is Baker Mayfield a Super Bowl winning caliber quarterback? You know, And, and I, those are going to be – some some hard questions they're going to have to answer, and and both Bulls and Baker have four more games to yeah. fill out the resume a little bit, pad the stats, and get some more wins, and 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 then we'll see what happens. But you know, today it was enough. Uh, we'll see what happens next week in Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks to Bucks Basement for the five dollars super chat. Who says this win should not take away from the fact we have an awful head coach? And Baker Mayfield has played like trash the last two weeks. Alarmingly bad. It does have a little bit of the feeling of they are putting lipstick on a pig. A yep. little bit uh, with this win. But a win is a win is a win is a win. Doesn't matter how it happens. And that's the NFL for you. I mean, the Bears beat the Lions today. Yeah. The Lions haven't looked good the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there are upsets every week. There are teams that win for no reason why they should win. And that's just kind of how the NFL goes. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think the biggest thing too is is when it comes to to winning. If you want to win in real estate, well, there's one person that you need to to call and have on your side. Whether you draft him, whether you trade for him, whether you sign him, Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. It takes a full team effort to win a football game, as we saw today in Atlanta. It also takes a full team effort to win in real estate, and the Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. And he and his team have experience in all types of situations. As you know by now, Eric is a huge Peter Report reader and a huge Tampa Bay fan. He's also a Tampa native, so he knows this area like the back of his hand. His father is stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellence that sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents across the country as part of the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. They're not, their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesnfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. Again, housesinfla.com. No matter where your home ownership journey takes you or where you are on that journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. We have uh, one more super chat as we start to wind down the show. Thank you to... 
Oh, shoot. I just have it. Uh, just had it. Scott Jacks, thank you for the $1.99 super chat, who says, we're in the middle of a rebuild and don't know it. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, immediately what pops into my head is Bruce Aaron's going, we're not rebuilding. We're reloading. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, quarterback's the most important position. If you have a stud quarterback, then the Bucs are, you know, are they on the 49ers level? No, I don't necessarily think so. Right. But I will say, for the defensive side of things, Kalijah Kansi had another sack today. That's four sacks on the season. Yaya Diaby has five sacks on the season. Yeah. I believe that's tied with all rookies for uh, quarterback sacks. I on think the so. Year. The defensive line is looking very promising for the Bucks in the future with Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby. So um, it's a little bit of a reload. Clearly, you need to figure out a wide uh, a quarterback and what you want to do a wide receiver with Mike Evans or maybe even at this point with Chris Godwin. Um, but I don't think it's a total tear it down. You got to figure out quarterback. But outside of that, I mean, there's still a lot of good pieces on this team. No, you're exactly right. And, and um, you know, we, we've seen some of, of these younger players make an impact. We talked about Kalaja Kansi sack. Yaya Diaby, I, I thought, uh, made some, some good plays in the run game. Almost had another fumble recovery against the Falcons. Let that slip right through his yeah. hands. <laughs> uh, Win, Winfield just continues to, to dominate. I mean, he Unreal. he he outshined Jesse Bates for the second uh Yeah, he did. Second Get him on the Pro Bowl voting, yeah. damn it. Get him on the Pro Bowl yeah. voting. And all pro, of course. But pro yeah, pro. yeah. I mean, he's, he's having that type of a season. He's just been phenomenal. You know, uh, one guy that's not been phenomenal – uh, Tommy Leverone says, hey, guys, I think Joe Trishwink is on his way out. How can you let Desmond Ritter score on that TD? Yeah, I mean, you're faster than Desmond Ritter. You have the angle, and you miss that tackle. It's just – And he's it, right it, out of bounds, too. Yeah. Like, if anything, just push him out of bounds. Yeah. How? How yeah. does that happen? You think it'd be juiced up because, like, Washington is going to the college football playoff. And right. And Gaines got a sack. And Yeah. He no. just doesn't have it. You know, he's just not an instinctive football player. I just don't think he he ultimately gets it. Um, I think he tries hard. I don't, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I, I think he wants to be really good. I just, I just don't. I think he's an athlete playing yeah. football. And to he's your not point, Scott, I player. think he's still very solid as like a run defender. But yeah. you don't draft, you don't draft an edge rusher in the first round Correct. or give him a second contract for a lot of money because he's good at stopping the run. <laughs> yeah, you you pay that guy and you draft that guy. Yeah, because he can get after the quarterback. And yeah, he's just showed right there he doesn't get after. And, and I think the thing, too, is, again, uh, you know, Jason Light has its faults, and for sure, no general manager is perfect when it comes to draft picks. Jason is, is not perfect either. Uh, but it, it says a lot, Matt, when in 2021 he uses that first-round pick on JTS, and that's that's on Jason, right? That's, that's not a good value pick in hindsight, right? And <laughs> JTS, yeah, special teams player, yeah. And Logan Hall, right? Three tackles today, made a couple plays. I thought he honestly, I thought when he was tackling Tyler Algier, he was getting dragged down the field. He's a 300 pound man getting dragged by a running back. So those two top picks have not panned out for Jason Light. And it would be so easy. And there are other general managers in Tampa Bay prior to Jason Light, Matt, that that would have given these guys made excuses for him, give him the benefit of the doubt, give him more time to develop. And Jason's like, nope, I'm drafting Elijah Kansi in the first round at defensive tackle. And nope, I'm drafting Yaya Yaya Diaby in the third round, right? And it's like he is so quick to hit the next button, right? It's just next. He's next. the anti-Todd Bowles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he he is not afraid to to cut his losses I mean, he got ridiculed for the Roberto Aguayo pick, rightly so, and he got rid of him after a year. I mean, it just says second-round pick, right? So it's one thing to make a mistake, but you compound the mistake when you hang on to it. So it's like at least he's he's got like a mulligan here with how Cansey's yeah. playing and how Diaby's playing. And I think you're spot on with that, Scott. I would even say that – and it's a credit to to Jason Light is that he takes his ego out of it because there yeah. are other general managers that would be like, no, he like Logan Hall's gonna turn it around or JTS yeah. is gonna turn it around. You have to play him. You'll see. You'll see. And then you know that's what gets general managers fired and yeah. and, and scouts and things like that fired 
because they're they're too stubborn with their picks. And you're like, this was my pick. This was my guy. Right. I put everything into this where Jason yep. Light at least can put his ego to the side and say, okay, I picked this guy. It's not working out, but we're going to fix this. We're gonna yeah, I'm going to draft this replacement the next yeah, year. The next guy. That <laughs> I, again, that's a huge credit because that's not easy for everyone. No, to it's do. not. It, it's it's really not. So yeah. um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, making the mistakes, we're going to criticize him for the mistakes. But um, what do you do to correct the mistakes? And so far, so good with that. Is Logan Hall still on the team? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> three tackles today. You know, not, not, not. Terrible. Not great, yeah, as but... Chris says, every GM in the league has first round bust. You're yeah. never, you're never going to find a GM that hits on every single yeah. pick. It's just, you know, just... the term GM is used for, to describe general manager. It, it, it's also used to, it, like, in text messages to describe the term "good morning." You know? and yeah. And so when you wake up tomorrow morning, it's going to be a good morning because you're going to have a Celsius right to start your day. But it's also going to be a good morning because you're going to visit pewterreport.com and check out all of our coverage. And it's going to be another great morning. Um, because tomorrow we have a Victory Monday at 4 o'clock in our podcast, Matt. Absolutely. We love Victory Mondays. We like Monday shows as well. Usually Mondays suck. Let's all be real. We're all going back to work. Not <laughs> as fun unless, I mean, I have a great job at work because I'm thankful to be at PeterReport.com. Uh, but most Mondays for everyone else, the 9 to 5 people, not as fun. But we try to make Mondays as fun as possible when we do this little thing called roll call every single Monday. It's even more fun on a victory Monday. We do it at 420 on the show where while we're talking, uh, we put on the uh, location of where everyone's watching from. We got great fans in Tampa. We got great fans in the state of Florida, along with uh, across the United States and international as well. So it's just a great right. way that we get involved with everybody. So looking forward to that for tomorrow's show. I'm with you, Matt. Let's do it again tomorrow at four o'clock, Peter people. Yeah, so make sure you follow us on all our social media at Pewter Report, Pewter Report TV for our YouTube channel. But that's going to do it for us tonight. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Bucks win. They're in first place. Can you believe it? Out. Out.